This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Previously, I've spoken about the importance of Joplin, Jelly Roll Morton, and a few other important composers in the development of the stride style. When we talk about stride piano, we're generally referring to African-American pianists who came out of Harlem around the turn of the century from about, say, 1900 to about 1925. Probably the most recognizable name is a man by the name of James P. Johnson who's also known as the father of stride piano, but there were other important figures that preceded him. And there was a whole group of important African-American composers and performers around the turn of the century who were also involved in what's called the golden age of black Broadway. The Harlem pianists really come out of this particular group, including James P. Johnson, U.B. Blake, and a number of other very important pianists. The School of Harlem Stride Pianists were outstanding musicians. These were all trained pianists who had great pianistic ability, wonderful sense of harmony, and understood all the music that preceded them, whether it was blues, work songs, spirituals, and also knew the repertoire of Broadway songs and popular music. They played it in a self-contained style that reminds us of ragtime, but it swings. The main difference between ragtime and stride is that stride has that easy eighth note lilt, or what we call swing, and incorporates improvisation. In other words, stride is a way to play. Basically, any song within reason can be played in the stride style. Let's listen to a few um, very important James P. Johnson recordings. Remember, he was the dean of the Harlem Stride Pianists. Here is a famous recording called The Snowy Morning Blues. And then we're going to listen to an excerpt of another famous recording called The Mule Walk. Now we're going to listen to James P. Johnson's most famous composition. This is called The Carolina Shout. 
This piece was a test piece for all young Harlem stride pianists. If you wanted to be considered part of this close-knit fraternity of, of pianists, you had to be able to play this piece. Actually, um, the Harlem school is, is kind of a misnomer because anybody who could play this style of music, whether you were from New Orleans or from Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia, you kind of fall into this loose-knit uh, fraternity of pianists. So the stride style is really characterized by a very busy or very active left hand striding back and forth over the keyboard, hence the name stride piano. So the pianist will play a bass note, boom, and then on the upbeat, we call the chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, we'll play the chords. So they're playing the bass note and the harmony and a very florid and very complex melody in the right hand. Again, when you're playing this style of piano, the pianist doesn't need a drummer or a bass player or a horn player because the pianist is taking care of all the parts. It's a very demanding and uh, physical style of piano playing. As James P. Johnson was known as the dean of the Harlem Stride Pianist, he had a great many young apprentices at his feet. And one of the most important and colorful characters was a man by the name of Fats Waller. Fats was a great pianist, a wonderful composer, and he had a great personality and was also a great entertainer. Fats Waller takes what James P. Johnson establishes as a stride piano style and improves upon it. It was said that his hand's span was enormous, and if you went to shake his hands, they said it was like putting your hand into a bunch of bananas. His fingers were so long, and he was a great singer and songwriter. He wrote Honeysuckle Rose, Ain't Misbehavin', Jitterbug Waltz. Let's listen to Fats Waller's version of Carolina Shout, and you can hear the pianistic abilities. Notice that uh, Fats Waller has this incredible sense of swing and he plays with great dexterity. James P. was a great player and a good improviser, but Fats takes it to the next level. He's very flashy, he's a great entertainer, he's got a great smile, and he's got a great pattern. When he would play, he would often talk to the audience and sing. And we're going to listen to another one of Fats' famous compositions. This is called A Handful of Keys. You can tell by listening to the way Waller plays, there's a great sense of humor there. And, of course, great finger dexterity. What wonderful technique he possessed. Let's listen to one of Fats Waller's most memorable and famous compositions from the 1930s. This is entitled Honeysuckle Rose.
If you notice, not all stride piano has to be played at a blindingly fast tempo. It can be slow. But again, when you listen to Fats Waller, you get that incredible sense of humor about his playing and his interpretation of his music. Another important and very interesting gentleman was the name of Willie the Lion Smith. Willie the Lion Smith really comes to us around 1920, and he lived, I believe, until the 1960s making lots of recordings. Let's listen to one piece by Willie the Lion. So all the jazz pianists from the turn of the century or early 20th century through the late to early 1940s basically played in this stride or self-contained style of piano. The greatest of the stride pianists, without a doubt, was a man by the name of Art Tatum. And Art Tatum was a little younger than Fats Waller and James P. Johnson, but came on the scene and really showed that he was the greatest of all the pianists. He possessed amazing technique and a wonderful harmonic sense. Also, he was blind from a very early age, so he had to learn to play without visual acumen. He couldn't see, so he had to learn how to play by feel and by memorizing things, but he possessed terrific technique. Let's listen to one of the most astounding piano recordings I've ever heard, and probably of all the annals of recorded piano music, and that's Art Tatum's recording of Tiger Rag. This scared the daylights out of all the pianists in New York, and hence all over the country. Tatum had a long career. He played primarily solo piano, as did most of the stride pianists, but he played with small ensembles. He had a very famous trio in the late 1930s and 40s, and he influenced a whole generation of young musicians that came to maturity in the 40s. People like Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker were greatly indebted to Art Tatum because of his technique, his incredible harmonic sense, and just the way he approached improvisation. One of my favorite Tatum recordings is his version of Willow Week for Me, which was actually recorded at a private party in the mid-1950s. Let's go out with this particular piece. This is one of the most astounding exhibitions of pianistic ability I have ever heard. (laughs) ¶¶ 